Welcome to Orange is a New Browns podcast. We are the podcast equivalent to Sonic. We have 110,000 drink options, but do not mix watermelon with Dr. Pepper. That's not a good idea. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's another great episode. We are doing it live right now. We are waiting on phone calls from our listeners to talk about our Cleveland Browns. Today is that day. We decided we're going to do something different. You know, we sat there. It's been a bad first eight games, but you know what? Why not? Let's let the people voice their opinions. And we're going to we're going to we're going to literally talk about whatever they want to talk about with the Cleveland Browns. As long as it's, one, irrelevant, and two, funny. Obviously, because we want all of our stuff to be funny. Yeah, especially if your Gam Gam has a, an amazing potato salad recipe. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I mean. I'm on keto, so I'm not going to utilize it. Yeah. So if, it's mean, like a, if it's like a cauliflower salad, hey, go for it. I mean, if you want to talk about you know keto recipes, maybe you need to start a keto page. I, I have. I can talk to anybody about keto, bro. Anybody. Anybody. Well, let's go ahead and let's let's break down this game a little bit while we're waiting on people to call. You never know when people might answer. So let's talk about what happened against Denver. Let's what? talk about let's talk about all the factors going into it. One, we were two and five, you know, <laughs> and we just we we went off went on a bye after losing a you know ap- no we came back from a bye. Yeah, we played against the Patriots. Patriots after the bye. So, come back from the bye. We play the Patriots. Not prepared. We blunder that one. And then we move on to the next week, and we we have the helpless Denver Broncos. Yeah. Third-string quarterback that's never played in the NFL, Brandon Allen. He's one of the three Allens that played, and two of the three Allens won. So, here we are. With a third-string quarterback with the Denver Broncos that yeah. are two and six at this point. He wasn't even on the roster when the season started. So, now we move on, and we're thinking, okay, let's just get our bearings. Let's let's start the engine, you know? let's It's a restart. You play the Patriots, you get the helpless Denver Broncos, yeah. and then you go into mile high, and you don't make any offensive penalties. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. So, but again, here we are talking about play calls, offensive play calls. I mean, it's just like stall, 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 punt, 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 punt. I mean, the Scottish Hammer, if he is not the best punter of the year, I don't know who is. Yeah. I mean, he punted the ball at least, I don't know how many times. So, to the naysayers, it said that Dorsey and Kitchens made a bad decision keeping a rookie as a punter and a rookie as a kicker. You know what? I hope you step in a hole and twist your ankle. Like our special teams has been the the highlight of our uh, of our season so far, and it's absolutely amazing that we have the Scottish Hammer. Yep. Who played at Arkansas Pine Bluff? Yep. I mean, I didn't even know they had a football program. <laughs> and then we had Austin Siebert or Seibert, whichever way you want to comp- you know, pronounce it. It's up to you, bros. Uh, who came out of OU? You know, those Big 12 kickers aren't known to actually, like, be big-time NFL kickers, and so we, uh, we're we seeing the special teams be pretty good. That being said, it was another unprepared, un, uh, it was very uneventful team. 
uh, and that it has everything to do with Frederick Kitchens. Well, you know, I think is a, a very unique thing to talk about is I watched his press conference in its entirety uh, on Monday. And what's so interesting about it is, is execution is the word that he uses a lot. That's and all he uses. The word execution. I don't think he knows what it means either. Well, I, see, you're one of those naysayers. I'm seeing. I'm trying to. I'm trying to block out the naysay and try to bring the team together. So that's what my job is today. My job is to make sure that Brian puts on a happy face. I love my offense. I just think it would be a lot better without Freddie Kitchens. I think a lot of it comes down to is he's a first year coach with multiple things that he's trying to figure out. I thought some of the play calling when he was going to Chubb was doing really well, and then you go on a fourth and four, or what was it, a fourth and one, and you do a quarterback sneak, which, hey, I totally agree with him. Like, it was a good idea, but you can still do the same thing with mm. Chubb in the backfield or just go ahead and line up, you know, have him go out as a receiver yeah. and then come back, at, you know, to – to do a fake, yeah, you know, counter or whatever, a, whatever he wants to do. Not a fan. But that's not what he did. He, he put Hilliard back there, and then Baker did get the first down. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know what it is about the NFL referees and their, and their calling this year. I do know what it is. Well, the issue, though, KT, is It's that a first down. It's clearly clear, a first down. Really, clearly, it's not a first down because well, where the referee saw the ball at was where he, where he positioned the ball at. The pile was too packed in to actually do it. The stupid thing was was to challenge that play, knowing there was no angles that showed a first down. None. None. Why waste the timeout? Well, and I, I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I thought this should have been the NFL's they, job to go in there because that's their job. They have a guy in New York watching the plays, and you're telling me that it's not it's not definitive enough. That back that back camera shows him. Plus, you the, can't, the camera you that you're right watching angle. on. You well, don't get the right angle with a back camera. You know what I eh. mean? I think there was this plenty the, of evidence to turn that into the, a first the down. Only call, they just like to screw the Browns. The on only call that I have ever seen that was poor on a spot foul was a Carlos Hyde last year where he actually well, – yeah, it was Carlos Hyde. He actually made the first down by a yard, and they marked him back a yard back and said it was – no, no, he didn't make it. He didn't make it at all. Like, you can clearly see it. Baker, however, for the only angle that you could see him cross the five-yard line was that. So, needless to say – not happening. Well, here's the deal. I there there was multiple other things wrong. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, Steve Jermaine Lewis. Whitehead. There, there was there the was, defense. The defense I mean, was trash. How do you let me let me go to let me go to the defense real okay, fast. Okay, let's do that. Who did we play last week? Tom Brady. Tom. What did we do Brady. all day to pr Tom Brady? Pressure. Pressure. We blitzed him. Yep. Every freaking drive we blitzed him. Yep. What did we do to Brandon Allen, who's never played a snap in the game? Nothing. Rushed four. Gave him all the time in the world to throw the ball with confidence. Yep. Why would you not zero blitz this guy? Zero it out. Let your let your defensive backs be defensive backs, man-on-man -man coverage, and blitz this guy in the face and make him make mistakes. We didn't do that, but like one or two times. And the one or two times that we did it, we got a sack off of it. So are we Stu – Steve Wilkes, Freddie Kitt, you guys are all need to be fired. New coaches. <laughs> Well, here's 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 how I, th I feel about all this. It you got on one side of the ball, the offense not making mistakes. Yeah. No penalties, no fumbles. Well, they're not making no mistakes because they're not doing anything. But then on the opposite side of the ball, when you should be the the Browns defense should have had multiple turnovers. 
I believe we got one. if we would have had our previous Greg Williams as the defensive coordinator this year back there, I believe that we would have had more turnovers in the secondary and more blitzes throughout the year. Yeah. And obviously that didn't happen. I thought Wilkes would eat this quarterback alive. Eat him alive. Well, Steve could have ate this quarterback alive, but he chose to do the complete opposite of what he did the week before. Like Denver was actually going to prepare, thinking that we were going to treat them like the Patriots. I guarantee you they did not prepare for that. And no. We prepared like we weren't playing the Broncos either. We were like, we're playing like the JV team from Eastland High or whatever. It's it like we were playing. It's like we we're, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, the one blunder with the Browns beating the Ravens. No, here's the deal. I thought this is my personal opinion about that Ravens game. I don't think that offense was worth anything that game. They just got lucky that they completed certain things and it made it happen. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Ravens game. The Ravens game we actually looked really good. No, we didn't. Like that's not the same offense. That's not the same Baker Mayfield that I was seeing making these long deep passes to, you know, Perryman last year and finding Landry. None of that was going on. We were dinking and dunking and got yeah. lucky and we beat we beat them by our how good our defense was. And we were being consistent with Chubb a little bit. And Chubb is the real reason why we won that game. Well, we relied on our playmakers that game. Yeah, and and Odell. You know, I mean, so that's the questions that we got to go through. That's those are the things that we got to talk about, you know, and and I believe when you start looking at it with the Denver Broncos, I saw it as we're probably gonna win this game like we won against the Jets. That's how I really thought. I thought we were just gonna no. keep it simple. No. No, 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 no. We we, we don't do, we don't even go out firing. Like, give it to Chubb, let him run the ball for three downs straight, and then see what happens. Okay? If they shove if they shove us down our throat on, on a second down, then go ahead and do yeah. a little play action. Do something. What what we ended up doing is punting. We uh, or kicking field goals. We had five possessions that we scored, our, the and most of them were field goals. The personnel decisions that are made by Kitchens is awful right now. Um, our two-minute drill in the second quarter as the half was trying to final out so we could actually possibly go up at half and then get another chance to score again at the, at the beginning of the second half. And uh, he, Nick Chubb wasn't even on the field. Your best place, your your actually best playmaker was not on the field. Yeah, I totally, totally you have. Uh, you have Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. And, yeah, he got five receptions for 87 yards, but he was underutilized. Very. Um, I mean, he, did you watch that? The the, the one the couple catches that he made? That yeah, just, he made, yeah, he made Odell Beckham he was, catches. He, he, was, was, he was playing. That's what that's what so, Baker needs to do is he just needs trust to – his. He needs to trust his playmakers. Chunk it. Yeah. Don't worry about, don't worry about the little dink and dunk stuff because no. he's not going to catch that stuff. The simple catches, that's not what Odell catches. Well, he's a, he's a, he, wants, he wants to pick up big yards every single time. The situation, though, especially on that fourth and four in the fourth quarter, where, and this is my this is where my worry is, is that, and I, I'm gonna go back to what I know best, which is coaching soccer. You see teams that are joysticked, so the coach wants them at a certain place, moving a certain way, doing all these different things. They the the coach is telling the players, and the players waiting for them to tell them what they do with the ball. I think we have a coach who is afraid of his quarterback success and is afraid to actually see his quarterback improvise like a Brett Favre did, which Baker excelled last season improvising. Yeah. Excelled. Improvising to your playmakers and to the talent that he's comfortable with. 
what you have is Baker making one or two reads and then throwing it to a certain person, even if they're double covered. Why? Because I think Freddie Kitchens is trying to joystick our football team. He is trying to control their every move, where that ball goes. I'm sorry, Freddie, but you have not made the best choices. Week in and week out, it's the same thing after every game. We need to execute better. Do you think we need to execute better? No, you need to execute better or you need to be executed out of the league. I am sick and tired of him being a part of this organization if he is not going to put his best foot forward every single week. Do I think he's putting his best foot forward every week? No. Do I think the players want to? Yes. And I think that's why you see the disgust on the sidelines, especially when Odell knows that he was wide open and actually publicly says to Jay Feely, I can't get the ball to save my life. Yeah, but was it technically – was that Freddie Kitchens there or was that actually Baker Mayfield? That was Freddie Kitchens. You can Baker see didn't even call. look at him. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. The ball was supposed to go – and, and He on knows Monday's the pref- plays. He knows that's Monday's, an all-go. On Monday's press conference, they even said it looked like Baker was looking at one or two players, and that was it. Is that, is that is that the, how the play is called? And, and Freddie Kitchens at that point in time says, well, well I, don't, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to go back and see it, but no. Yeah, I don't know. So – with that type of reaction, when a when a basic journalist from the Cleveland sports media asks him, hey, why is he only looking at these two certain players at that point in time and not even looking at the most prolific wide receiver in the NFL? And Freddie Kitchens doesn't have answers because Freddie Kitchens is telling him where to look. That's it. Is it? Because it is. It is. I didn't hear from Baker. It is. Well, Baker Baker's starting at Home Alone 4. What? Baker's starring at Home Alone 4. He's part of the uh, the wet bandits. So, well, mustache gate here, bro. Let me let me put it this way. I I believe that I believe that play was Baker's fault for not looking over at Odell. No, I don't think it is. I do. And I honestly, it, I and that's why I, I think, really believe it's that he knows that he's got one on one coverage because he's supposed to be looking at the defense and he didn't see the one on one with. I mean, who does that? The Denver Broncos lead. Quarter, le- they left Odell Beckham Jr. Wide open, single man coverage against Harris that he's blown past Harris multiple times yesterday, or, you know, on Sunday. So here's my deal. I believe that play. We'll never know what really happened. Was it Baker? Was it Freddie? It was Freddie. You're you're hating on Freddie, but my thing is, is Freddie's those guys gone. and Freddie needs to be gone in my opinion. Well, I mean, here's Let, what I'm worried about. We've we've said it. Baker's. Baker looked a lot better the last two games that he's 13 for 13 last, you know, last week against the Patriots and looking good other than the one little, you know, uh, interception that wasn't really his fault. Yeah. Cause the offensive line just fell, uh, you know, fell apart. But today, you know, on this past game with Denver on Sunday, we're talking about you are, you are the commander. You are, the, the guy that's leading that offense on the field. Yeah. And this is what I keep seeing from Baker. Baker last year was read, closes his thing, tells a play, looking, checking, doing all these hand signals, changing the plays. That's not going on this year. It's not. I see linemen like Bettino tapping on J.C. Treader saying, hey, I don't see Baker talking to anybody. There, that's, yeah. Uh, do I feel this is like a Belichick, Kozar thing again, where Kozar is the field general, and Belichick doesn't like field generals. 
right? I'm he doesn't, telling you, that's he doesn't want it. Frederick Kitchen situation. So is it that, or is it that Baker is prog- regressing? I don't think he's regressing because you go from a rookie quarterback who went through a coaching change, okay? Yep. But In his first season, but a these coaching are, change. These are Hugh Jackson's plays no, these the previous Jack- la- last year. No, but he didn't play Hugh Just Jackson's a different plays numbers. after Hugh Jackson left. That was a different playbook. And that was a Freddie Kitchens playbook. That was a Ken Zampezi. I'm looking towards what what I'm going to harp on is Bob Wiley said at the beginning of the year, and he sounded like a, a sour grape. He ate some sour grapes. What did he sound like? Bob Wiley said it wasn't Freddie Kitchens that turned around that offense. It was Ken Zampezi. It was his plays, his calls, his tutelage that actually got him going. And you, he was, and you'll, you're, you're going to witness that this year. We're witnessing it right now. Wow. We're witnessing it. And Freddie Kitchens was pissed off that Bob Wiley said that. And he's like, well, I saw him in the hospital. I want to hear. Here's my situation. We hired a guy that didn't deserve an NFL head coaching job. That's what it is. We, we hired the wrong guy. Because we thought that guy actually was the actual benefactor and the actual reason how we many, had a, a, a turnaround in offense. How many times are we going to sit here as Browns fans and complain about the coaching? Until we we've get the coaching right. Good, we've had good coaches come in and just do nothing. Yeah, I haven't seen a good coach. Mike, they want the next hire that's probably going to happen is Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I'm I'm okay you, with Mike. McCarthy. I'm not because look what he did to Aaron Rodgers. He didn't do anything to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he did. Let me let me let me tell you he this. He did nothing what you, to help. What Aaron you Rogers. run into? What you run? Oh, he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, exactly. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers because of Mike McCarthy is is the quarterback Jesus. Yeah, but he's because of Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy. What you run into, and you saw this with. Um, Brett Favre and what's his name? What was his name? Green Bay coach, uh, which would be Mike. Uh, I I can't remember. Holmgren, Mike Holmgren. Yeah, Mike Holmgren. Okay. Yeah, which was a GM of the Cleveland Browns that yeah. didn't do nothing. Didn't either. do nothing. But they only won one Super Bowl, and had multiple successful years together. And then Holmgren was like, "No, I gotta go." Like Green Bay was like, eh, "You might want to." Let's look at all these. Well, six, well, let's get think out about here. all the successful coaches. Most likely, you're not going to have a quarterback coach combination like Belichick and Brady. You're not going to have that. That is an outlier. Everything else is five to ten year patterns. That's it. You have a five to ten year relationship, and then they it goes sour. That's how it works in the NFL. So Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers situation happens. That's just normal. Doesn't mean Mike McCarthy's a bad coach. Doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers horrible quarterback that you know kicks out coaches. It just means the relationship went sour and they went with a guy that's going to be more successful in the long run, which was touchdown Jesus, Aaron Rodgers. Exact reason. So that's what we're running into now is that Mike McCarthy, who's available, that could actually develop Baker into the quarterback that Aaron Rodgers was, because that's what Mike McCarthy did, because he was also one of the guys that developed Brett Favre when Mike Marks left. So the situation is is that we have a guy that's available to actually develop the offense. And if he had these weapons in Green Bay and with a, a quarterback like Baker, you would have saw Green Bay win a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy could do that for the Cleveland Browns. Freddie Kitchens can't because Freddie Kitchen is in over his head. And you saw it on stupid play calls. He can't even get basic play calls right. And then he calls a sweep reverse double thing. And it's like, why are we doing these plays for minus four yards? Well, Why are we doing this? Here, here's here's Freddie Kitchens. I would need pick. to be fired. Here's here's who I would have picked last year, and he came out and said he wanted to be the Cleveland Browns head. You talking coach. about Bruce Arians? Bruce Arians no. should have been the Cleveland Browns head coach. No, I I, I I get where you're coming from, but he brought he just brought his friends back to Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's not great. No, Tampa Bay's you not great I mean? because they got Jameis Winston. Let yeah. him draft a quarterback and watch how different that team is. 
I'm going to say I'm not a big fan of Bruce Arians. I am. I'm not. I mean, what he did in Arizona. I'm. I'm. It's more commendable what he, he did. made a team Andy. that was terrible. Good. Well, he had pieces already there. Yeah. When you have Larry Fitzgerald, you all you got to do is get somebody. That right now, we the have ball. the best wide receiver in football. We have the best like, OBJ. Top five. But best two no, of the he's, top five. He's, no, I'm saying we have two he, in the top five. Yeah, two of the top five for yeah. sure. But I believe we have the best wide receiver. But period. Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers looking good with Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson. You know what I mean? Yeah. These guys, Randall Cobb is going. He's just a great quarterback re- receiving. He knows what a quarterback wants, and he runs to where the quarterback's going to throw the ball. Jordy Nelson. It was just one of those Green Bay anomalies again. Here, you want to you want to breaking news. So here's what I want to do. If I was the GM right now, if I was John Dorsey, Jonathan, buddy boy himself, all right, what I would do right now just to make this season, I mean, it can't get any worse, you know. Right now we're two and six. We're, we, we lost against the Denver Broncos. We lost against the Patriots. We lost against Seattle. We lost against the Rams. We got blown out by the Titans, you know, we barely, we barely showed up to play a terrible Jets team that had a, multiple backup quarterbacks, and our defense won that game. But here's what I would do: Why not? Let's do something just ridiculous, right? We can't go pick up a lineman, obviously. For some reason, John Dorsey can't find a, a decent lineman that's on, you know, that somebody has. I, I, if I was talking to his 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 uh. His people that go and find this talent. Yeah. What I would do is, if you're just going to shake things up and you're just going to look this year, this year is pretty much crap now. Yeah. Unless we win out, which is very unlikely. And, yeah. and yeah. I don't and even know if it's likely for us to beat the Dolphins. <laughs> well, and and the Dolphins go back and forth with whether it's Josh or or Fitzmagic. They got Fitzmagic in. So, my thing is, is you want to cause some more drama? Why don't we put another? drama queen on the team let's get antonio brown out in here let's get him because yeah, that's who we need well that's exactly what we need you know why we need that because we don't need we that. need more chaos if we wanted to add chaos let's just make this season pure chaos and add antonio brown to to jarvis to obj and then brown just so we can watch antonio brown torch the pittsburgh steelers we're not going to see antonio brown do anything you know he why won't, he won't even be allowed to play no. So. Well, I mean, he's 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 cleared to play. Bad idea. I think it's a. I think that's a horrible. He's going to go to the Eagles. Watch, and they're going to win a Super Bowl. No, I don't think so. I mean, every time that you said, eh, I don't think so. Guess what they've done? Who's Carson that? Wentz won a Super Bowl, even though they he didn't, didn't play. Super, he, he didn't, didn't play in it. He didn't win a Super Bowl. But he won that entire. He didn't win a Super he, Bowl. he he won that entire entire regular season in that one playoff game, and then that was it. No, he didn't play. In the or, I mean, I mean the last the last game of the season. Nick won Foles. That. Nick Foles. One where they went into yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, they went in the playoffs with a backup, but I still think that Carson Wentz would have won that Super Bowl. I don't think so. I don't think they would have made it because Nick Foles so. had magic to him. That was really? One of those, I mean, that was one of the those, Eagles like, was dominated those, throughout the season, and he was dinking and dunking everywhere. Yeah, I would say it was one of those Jeff Hotstedler's moves where Jeff Hotstedler came in and <laughs> won a Super Bowl with the Giants. So why That's not? Why opinion. not Antonio Brown? Because he's a horrible. He's a cancer. Why would you want a cancer? We on already a team have cancer. Fun? Why would you want more cancer? Why not? Because then you die, you die faster that way. I mean, KT. cancer doesn't. You fight already have drama. We already have cancer drama. We're two and six. What's the difference? It's that—that's the difference. Is you don't want actually. We're already two and six. Cancer. We're two and six. Because then we lose everybody. 
really you'll have more people asking for trades. And then John Dorsey doesn't have the leeway to actually get more. I form. mean, we picked I up Kareem Hunt. That's going to confuse the offense even more. I don't. If, if he even gets in the plays, Higgins is supposed to be back, and his, Higgins hasn't even been in there. Who's one of Baker's favorite targets? Yet he hasn't played. They're giving the ball to Callaway, who drops more balls than I'm not going to say it. But he's. It, it's like what is what but is Antonio he doing? Antonio played pretty good last on Sunday. I would, disag- I would disagree. I so, thought he played fine. I did. I disagree. Did he drop any passes? Yeah, a couple of them actually. So on for the Browns. Yeah, for the Browns. I guess because I missed the first quarter because I had to drive, you know, the other daughter to basketball practice. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Callaway is not an answer. Higgins is the right answer. Everybody's he saying knows what that this Baker is a joke. We're a joke. We're a joke. We're, we're back at Frederick the same. Kitchens. We're ba- no. We're a joke because we're just not winning. What are we going to do? Because of Freddie Kitchens. You know what's funny is is Colin Coward apologizes for the embarrassing Browns predict- prediction. And he's just wanting Browns fans to listen to him again. So, because he knows that Browns fans are mad at the Cleveland Browns. I'm not mad at the Browns. What do you think about that other guy what that guys? went off uh, the Cleveland? Oh, what's that? The Cleveland sports guy in nine, 92.3. Did you hear about him? No. He goes on this long rant. Screaming and yelling like I do on a Sunday afternoon. That's what he does all the time. I know, but, I mean, he went off, and they – I mean, you could tell he was pretty upset about this Browns loss. We've listened to that guy. We were actually in Cleveland. My my main concern here is that we have players that cannot take criticism at all. Jermaine Whitehead, you don't – like, no matter what your profession is, you don't threaten to kill somebody on social media. No matter – even if you're a professional hitman, you don't put that on social media. You're going to get fired from your job for doing that, and that's what happened. You threatened to kill fans and to fight fans, and that's on blood. You messed up there, Drew. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, and the references he was using is gang ter- terminology, by the way. Just thought I'd let you know that. No, I know it is. I know it is. So, again, he just threw away his million dollar contracts, all because he made because he got heated because he of Twitter because he couldn't get because he couldn't make a tackle. Yep. Well, I mean. It is what it is. The rest of the team couldn't make a tackle either. People were shedding off, off of second. This is here's here's another funny thing. You got no first, no actual number one wide receiver there. No actual decent tight end there. No quarterback there. You still have a decent defense, and we st- and we got beat by a third string quarterback. He wasn't even third string. Well, technically, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't even. He's on the, the third. He's the, the third. Year. He's the third quarterback on the Denver Broncos that is no longer. Hey, but there's a lot at the end of the tunnel. Denver and Redskins have had the uh, the most amount of starting quarterbacks since 2016. So there's that. They've had seven starting quarterbacks. Not us. That's not us anymore. Look at us now. Look at us. I know. I mean, but our record still acts like we've gone through 30 different quarterbacks. No, we've only got one, and his name is Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And he'll turn it around. I know Baker will. With Mike McCarthy. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily agree with that. But, again, I don't know. I can't tell you what the problem is because I'm not in that locker room. I, I keep hearing that the guys in the locker room are sticking together and they they agree, that they understand that they're backing Freddie Kitchens. I don't think they're backing Freddie Kitchens. I think they're backing each other. I think they're staying together for each other. I think if... Somebody came out and said, hey, we're going to get rid of Freddie. They're going to be like, thank God. 
Like you could see, you can see it on Odell's face. Well, I don't know what we're gonna do. I mean, we're two and six. I mean, we're just gonna we're practically the in the same position we were last year with no tie. Yeah, it's a loss instead of a two tie. five and one, and we finished seven eight one. There's that. But, but we had, but we had. Uh, that means we went five and three on the stretch. Do you think we can go five and three? I think we can go eight and zero oh if you fire Freddie Kitchens. I think if you give Todd Munkins, I, I think if you give Todd Munkin and Stump Mitchell a chance to call plays, and Freddie Kitchens is gone and just let Steve Wilkes be Steve Wilkes, I think we actually I, win the next eight tr- games. I don't trust Steve Wilkes. I think we win that, the next eight games. I think we've watched the same defensive coordinator. Botch up multiple things. Oh, here we go. Our first we already caller. got a first caller. Here we go. From Chuck. To accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press 2. Hey, this is Orange is the New Browns podcast. Who are we speaking with? Chuck? Yeah, this is Chuck. Chuck! Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. We're super excited because we're right in the middle of complaining about our Browns. Exactly. And we're super excited that you called. So, Chuck, tell us what's on your mind today. Well, rather than just probably add to the normal complaining that I've been reading and listening to for the last, I guess, weeks, but especially since just from Sunday, uh, the one thing that I've noticed that's very consistent is that when when people want to complain about what we're doing, and I'm on board, believe me, I, I have obviously the same complaints as most of us do, but... Uh, the one thing I feel that everybody keeps doing is they want to immediately compare the Browns, compare us to the Patriots, right? It's always, well, look what uh, Freddie Kitchens did. I mean, Bill Belichick would do this. Or look at what Baker did. I mean, does Tom Brady do that? Everyone's very quick to do <laughs> yeah, those that. Are, those are outliers right there. Tom Brady and Belichick are outliers. That's not normal. I mean, Bel- I mean Belichick Correct. is the same guy, and I, and I don't know if everybody realizes this. He ran Bernie Kosar out of Cleveland. Simple as that. Right. And so – Everybody's still super mad about Art Modell. They really need to be mad at Bill Belichick for running our man, Bernie Kosar, out of Cleveland. But continue with it. I'm, I'm enjoying this so let's, far. Let's hear this, Chuck. Correct. Well, so, so on a couple of notes there is, yeah, for one, like you just said, those guys are an outlier. So, I mean, if that's the bar we're going to set every person to that ever comes in here or whatever, well, we're probably going to fail. We're going to fall short of that bar. I mean, we're talking about two of the best possibly ever in the history to do it. And – the second thing I would add to that would be if you do want to set that bar, I mean, of course, we want to get there. I mean, who doesn't? But we would have to not be ready to throw everybody out of town after eight games, which is what we in this town love to do. We, we give everybody such a short window. You know, luckily, Baker performed the way he did last year, because uh, if he would have performed this year, if this was, say, his very first eight games that we ever watched, we'd be ready to throw him out of town, too, because we just can't wait to move on to the next guy. Uh, so... If we all want and hope that maybe Freddie and Baker could be the next Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, who knows? But if we do want that to happen, we got to let it happen because it's not going. We're not going to know that answer in just half of a season. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. And the thing is, is Brian does not agree with you. And I can tell you right now, he's going to go off. And I'm going to I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to go off. I'm going to I'm going to go on my little tangent with you. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I I feel like we got to let things play out a little bit, but. Freddie just needs to, one, I I really believe in my heart that if he wants to call plays, then call the plays and do it consistently. Two, change it up. If you 
are a head coach and you know that you're failing your team, then pass the play calling duties over to Munkin. That's why you. That's why y'all got him. That's why you put him on your staff. Is because he's he's your other mind. So if you're not doing too well, you know it's next man up, right? I mean that's Freddie Kitchens. That's the Cleveland Browns mentality. You know during the preseason and all sure. the way through all through, it's the next man up. Well, Freddie Kitchens needs to make a decision on what he wants to do and how he wants to handle it. Now, on Brian's hand, I'll let him tell you what he thinks. So, Chuck, I'm not I'm not in disagreement with what you're saying because we've gone through too many turnovers. Like that's just what we do as for coaches and even quarterbacks. We turn them over really fast. And I mean, we have a we practically have a jersey yeah, with coaches' names not, on it just as much just as, as, much as, as we quarterbacks. Do. Yeah. <laughs> so the where I'm coming from here. And I, and I went back to this because I wanted to loot back to what occurred at the beginning of the year, which is our former offensive lineman coach, Bob Wiley, coming out and just burying Freddie Kitchens. And at first I stuck up for Freddie because I was like, I love Freddie Kitchens. Love him. Love the guy. Kind of don't anymore because Bob Wiley came out at the beginning of the year and said, what we've done here is hired a guy that took credit for somebody else's work. And that somebody else was Ken Zampezi, the quarterback coach. And you'll see – in the work of the season, if it goes plan as, as he thought it was going to, you're going to see that Freddie Kitchens was the wrong hire. We're now eight games in, and we're, we're seeing Bob Wiley's words come into fruition. And that's what I'm seeing. And it's like if the offensive lineman coach, who coached a very patched-up line last year to be successful, is saying the guy that they hired is the wrong guy and worked directly with them, now I'm starting to listen and say, you know what, we made a mistake here. And – I know that we've always been quick to pull that trigger, but I feel like if we do our enough research, let Freddie let Freddie finish the season, but find somebody before the uh, before twenty twenty, and we need a we need an actual true head coach, not a first time head coach. What's your rebuttal, Chuck? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, and I I can totally see that. I mean, you're right. The Bob Wiley stuff is looking pretty pretty damning right about now. There's no question about it, but. I still would like to, uh, and I think, as you just alluded to, we're going to see what he has for the rest of the season. The, the guy isn't getting fired. I mean, obviously anything can change week to week. We get blown out 40 to nothing on Sunday. That can change real quick. But I don't foresee that happening. So I yeah. think we're going to see Freddie the rest of the season. <laughs> so well, let me ask you this then. So let's say the next eight games, and I'm, I know that this is a 1% chance. I'm just throwing it out there, though. If this were to happen and all of a sudden we see this turnaround come Sunday, whatever reason, it, it clicks. And we just see the offense we saw last year and the team looks just 180 from what we've seen. What would your feeling be? Where Are you still like he's not the guy? What, what would you think? If he can turn around and show that he actually is a coach that can make adjustments and enhance his team and prepare his team to be, you know, to execute plays – and that's that's the whole thing because week in and week out, all we're hearing is the same press conference from him. What Execution. Hugh Jackson used to say is like, "We're going to watch the tape and figure it out." <laughs> what Freddie Jackson's going to say is, "We're going to have to execute better." Like it's the same exact spiel that we're seeing. It's it's just a brand new. And I'm not saying that Freddie Kitchens is as bad as Hugh Jackson. I'm not saying that, but Freddie Kitchens has more weapons than Hugh Jackson ever had. I have to agree so, with you no on doubt. that. One. Yeah, no and no so doubt. Hugh Jackson got his team fire celled by you know Brown. I don't know if that was a fair statement for Hugh Jackson, but then you watched what happened when he did have some talent. Nothing changed. Nothing so, changed. And I don't so know. That's, that's where I'm coming from is that if he can turn this around and show that, yes, you know what, I'm not the smartest guy in the in the room. We need to better ourselves. And it, it, if he would show some sort of, 
I'd say if he, he could come back and say, you know what, you know, my plays aren't working. I need to get Todd Munkin more involved. I need to get Stump Mitchell more involved. Hell, I even need to get Ryan Lindley more involved as a quarterback coach to see what we could do to better our organization and our offense. Defense, I think it's Steve Wilkes just needs to prepare better. This last game against the Broncos, I feel like he could have actually blitzed Brandon Allen like you blitzed Tom Brady, and the game would have been a completely different at, like completely different ending. It, it wouldn't matter. But if Freddie totally can turn agree. this around, if he can turn it around, and if he can turn it around, and I'm not saying have a winning record, but match like seven and nine, or if we tie seven eight one, if we can actually win five out of the next eight games, then there's a there's a turnaround. There's a positive. There's positive directions there. But he has to prove that he's making the corrections. Because week in and week out, we're not coming in with adjustments. We're not coming with preparation. We're not coming out with execution. And even at halftime, we're coming out with no execution. So we're not coming out with any adjustments. It just looks like we're doing the same thing over and over and over, and it's not working. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, too. You're right. I mean, the, the problem is is that we I, I read all these articles that, you know, from one Sunday to the next about, oh, here's the five problems we spotted. Here's, here's why you shouldn't lose hope in the Browns, because we can see this or – this is correctable and you can make adjustments to fix this. And then you're right. Then Sunday comes and I watch an instant replay of the week before. Yeah. And uh, you're right. That all, that all goes to the head coach. Yeah. It, it goes back to preparation. And that's it. If he can prove that he can actually better prepare this team and better execute himself, then I'm, I'm all for keeping Freddie kitchens. I love Freddie kitchens last year. Uh, and I loved him as a hire, especially over Greg Williams. Loved, loved the choice that we made, but now I'm starting to regret that choice. And that's the, the sad part is because we now have the best, team that we've ever had on paper performing worse than we've had when we had lesser players like Deshaun Kaiser. Yep. hundred percent correct. I agree with all that. You're right. This is the team that we've waited essentially our entire lives to watch. Um, and unfortunately it's, we're not watching at all what we wanted to see. And I'm just hoping that Freddie finds the way I don't want to start all over again. If we have to, we have to, because I agree with everything you just said. I like the hire. I was on board with the hire. And yes, I'm starting to eat those words now, but I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not fire Freddie guy. I don't want to fire him today or yesterday. I want him to finish out the season and I got to give the guy a chance to see if he can adapt and learn to, instead of just every week, repeat the same phrases, which you're right. That does every time it makes me think of you and it does drive me a little crazy, but I just want the guy to have a little more time, give him at least one season. And uh, cause at this point, I don't want to say we have nothing to lose because we do, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just feel it's time to ride it we, out. We, I mean, we have fans, everything to lose, we and that's were, what nobody understands. <laughs> we were the loudest fan base in the offseason. We had the most confidence. We had the most hype. We were like, shut the hell up. When this season starts, you guys are going to be eating your words because we're the Cleveland Browns and we're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. I wanted those. I thought we were going 12-4. and four. I thought we were going to win 10, 10 straight Super Bowls because if you have this team on Madden, you're not going to lose. Like It's just, it's just it's a Madden-built <laughs> team. It just makes sense. You're going to win ten Super Bowls if you can keep those teams together. You might have to take off the the salary cap and just you know, just make Madden say, "Hey, you're just going to work with me here." But here's the situation: these guys need to do better, and it's it's going to happen. I hope. If not, there is there is there's some there's some good coaches out there, and I've suggested Mike McCarthy. My brother hates the idea of Mike McCarthy because he's like, "Well, him and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers went sour," and I was like, "Every coach and quarterback go sour outside of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Every quarterback coach go and sure. then." They all go. They all go sour, like really? they all do. Um, I can name a few that didn't. Name name one outside of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Uh, 
name one. Jimmy yeah. Johnson and Troy Aikman. Are you sure about that? Because Barry, Barry Switzer can say something else about that. Barry, <laughs> so Jerry Jones didn't like Jimmy <laughs> you Johnson. You know what I mean? So. Because Jerry Jones didn't like that Jimmy was giving all the credit for that team. So, on that note, do you think that Mike McCarthy – I love the guy – is the next hire if they decide if 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 Freddie doesn't work out? Um, I would say no. I, I don't see him. I know he's going to be the name that we all go to. It's the easy answer. It's the easy jump to. I don't know if I see John Dorsey making that move. Um, I, I would say that I would be somewhat in favor of that hire. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of just the retread either, but. I mean, you know, he obviously has the pedigree. I know it's easy to say, hey, he won a Super Bowl. I mean, he didn't exactly win a Super Bowl with Swiss cheese, but. Um, I mean, he had Aaron Rodgers. He had touchdown I don't... Jesus. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> so uh, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he's the next hire. I would say there's a maybe about a 60% chance he'd be the next hire, but um, I almost think I would see John Dorsey going for more of a big name, big splash person that everyone gets excited about, you know. Um, obviously, you know, I don't know if he would go with a college guy, but man, there's a couple of those guys out there that I think would make the big splash that everybody would like to see. I can tell you who nobody's thinking about right now because his name hasn't been thrown out there since we started the coaching search, uh, a couple of years ago. And that would be Peyton Manning. Ooh, why, yeah. not why not get, why not? That's a, that's give, a big hire right there. Why don't you go out and get the field general himself? just like Kozar, that sees this defenses, knows how to do the offense. I believe that he could play call whether he's in a box, on the ground, in the huddle, whatever. I believe that that guy could be a head coach. I know that he probably doesn't want to be a head coach. He'd probably rather be a GM. But could you imagine what it would be like if Peyton Manning has his ability to you know, produce an offense with the weapons that Cleveland has right now? Yeah, that would – well, talk about a big splash. That sure would do it. Uh, Offensive coordinator would be Eli Manning. Manning. Yeah, I, why not? <laughs> Eli Manning is right now – he is he is literally sitting on the bench in New York, wasting away with his talent. <laughs> He's been wasting away for like five years. So <laughs> but, I mean, listen, I mean, why not? Why not let's, let's have the all-Manning staff and see what happens. I'm just throwing it out there. It's it's my big prediction. That's a big old swing right there, man. Why not? That's that, that's, that's people forgot about Peyton. He's been too busy doing commercials, and everybody's like, "Oh, but he wants to be a GM." Does he? What if you know? What if he brings that Tennessee tie in and say, "Hey, this is your chance. You got Odell Beckham Jr. that you can't throw to anymore, but at least you can play calls for him, and you got Nick Chubb that's a running back like Edron James was for you." You know, so there's my big prediction. Who's who's your big college coach well, that you think that they want to go after? And if you say Lincoln Riley, well, I'm going to hang up on you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say Lincoln Riley because that's just it just makes no sense. Uh, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know, man. Like sometimes to me, it makes, let's just go back. If you want to start throwing people out, let's just go old school Browns. Let's bring in somebody like that no one thinks about. Let's bring in like Kirk LaFrance or something. Like, yeah. just I don't know. He was here before. Let's bring him back. I mean, look look what Indianapolis did. Frank Wright. Yeah. I mean, and look what he's done with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, this everybody was writing Colts off. They were. I was. And then I was like, man, 
I don't think everybody really watched that game that the couple of games that actually Brissett played with in New England. And then he comes over here in Indianapolis with no wide receivers except for TY that's always hurt. And then Marlon Mack is the running back. And then look what they're doing now. I mean, they're all saying Andrew Luck who? That's what's going on in Indianapolis right now. They're saying like And right, then they're like, Oh, and by the way, Brian Hoyer was their starting quarter was their backup back quarterback now. which kept them in the game. I love Brian Hoyer no matter where he's at. True. Um let me ask you this because you, you're bringing up you're, you're bringing up college coaches, coaches, and I think that's a you brought a good point. Especially, I mean, Kirk is is he the Iowa coach? Is that the guy, or is he the yeah yeah okay? Yep. So yeah, he has a lot of ties to the Browns. What I would go through, and I hate I hate when people bring up former Ohio State coaches, um, and I'm not going to say Urban Meyer. I hate Urban. I Meyer. know who you're about to say. Uh, we need to bring back the sweater vest. I'd like to see a brown and orange sweater vest on the sideline and bring back Jim Trestle. He's from Youngstown, Ohio, just southwest or southeast of uh, of Cleveland. Bring him in. He he can bring the class. He has the know how, and we have the we have the running back Nick Chubb that performs in Jim Trestle's offense. Oh, you know what? That's one hundred percent correct. And I, I didn't even think about that. You know, I mean, I'm actually originally from the Youngstown area, so I was a big Jim Trestle guy when he was at YSU. Uh, so, and when Ohio State made that hire back then, I was like, oh man, like I was blown away. I mean, I used to go watch this guy coach uh, at YSU. So I thought it was really cool. And then, of course, uh, you know, how successful he was. But you're right. He would fit perfectly with what we have on our team, except with, well, the Nick Chubb part of it. He also, though, I mean, when with the Odells and the Jarvises and Bakers, I mean, he likes to lull these teams to sleep. He sure doesn't like to get too <laughs> carried yeah. away with any uh, creative offense. But nonetheless, uh, he's going to put being a guy that we – Go ahead disciplinarian definitely going to do that he's going to put 35 points on the board and then we're going to sit yeah I'm that's what that. that's a I'm that's a jim that. trestle offense <laughs> so if 35 is even sure. actually asking too much you i mean need, let's just, we're really talking 28 points jim trestle is a three touchdown guy if he's up by three touchdown he's going to say you know what we're just going to run we're the just ball run the, ball. Run the clock out that's all we're going to and we're going to let the special teams in this game that's what jim trestle did as a buckeye fan that it was frustrating, frustrating. very frustrating at points but yes. he was successful at it for years. Yeah. And uh, no matter how his tenure at Ohio State ended, I've always been a supporter of good old Jimmy T. And I feel, you know, he might be able to make that transition to the NFL, uh, especially because he knows how to kind of adjust his offense. He he started out with extremely boring offense with Craig Krenzel and Maurice Claret. It was just a, a run. If we can't run, Craig Krenzel will take off for like 60 yards and maybe throw the ball down for 30. And then he had the likes of Terrell Pryors, and he adjusted his offense to Terrell Pryor. Then he adjusted his offense to Braxton Miller before he got kicked out. And that's where I'm saying is that we have an opportunity here for a coach that actually has it. And I would say, you know, of college ranks, that's the quarter, that's the coach I'd go through if we can't get the guy from Iowa. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good call. I, I wasn't even thinking in that direction uh, with where he's at now because he's like the athletic director at YSU, I believe, Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, uh, that's – that's a, I didn't even cross my mind. But what you had mentioned earlier, though, I just wanted you were mentioning coaches and quarterbacks that didn't sour. Are we counting guys that are still there? Because it just made me think of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I mean, I think they still get along. They get along. See, but I see that's why I like Chuck. Just put holes through your theory, <laughs> Brian. But let's, let's, let's not. I mean, really just holes, I mean, just just piercing holes through your battleship. Buddy. I don't think that's I don't think that's piercing. If, holes. Right, if right now we, we've almost sunk your battleship already. That's an outlier, bro. I still I still have like five ships on the board right now. I don't know about that's that. That's an outlier. 
Because Tom Brady and I mean, Bill Belichick. Ru- uh, doesn't count. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. I'm just saying. Well, that's that's six years. That's still within the, my five to ten year window. I again. said they quarterback and coach again. relationships are five to ten years. You're welcome. And then it sours. That's what happens. <laughs> that's the normal process. Unless your name is Jeff Fisher. So. That's the only time that it really expires is when you do two things. One, you're not winning. Okay. He won. He was seven. Or two, nine. your name is Jeff Fisher. I would love and to be seven Vince and Young. nine. I would love to be seven and nine right now. You know what I'd like you know. to be right seven now? Seven and nine BS. I would yeah. like to see I would have liked to seen to be like six and two instead of two and six, but we obviously we didn't get there. Well, Chuck, we appreciate you being on our show. You got any last words? Uh, I don't think so, man. Thank you guys for uh, listening to me gab on for a little while. And, again, just uh, Browns fans, do your best to not want to fire everyone every five minutes. But, uh, I feel personally, hang in there, man. I feel hang personally attacked, Chuck. I feel personally attacked right there. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so we like to we like to end our conversations, and, and obviously you are a follower of ours. So if you don't wear orange and brown. You don't matter. There we go. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was Chuck. I mean, that was live, folks. That was exactly that was, live. We that went, was we, that was we, a real deal. We cut into the show. We to cut. Talk to Mr. We Chuck. stopped our podcast of us ranting and raving, arguing between like two brothers do that live in Texas that are Browns fans. We had Chuck that came from Youngstown and talked Cleveland Browns football. That's how serious we are about our podcast. We literally set up a phone account and said, you know what? We want you to call in, and we're, we might do this more often. Why not? You know? Yeah. I mean, especially, like, guy like Chuck. It's kind of It was kind of like just like talking to, like, Bree and Brittany. You know, when you get to talk to somebody that, that, has that, that has that positive, you know, outlook about what could happen, I really enjoyed that conversation. Let me, let me, just, let me just intervene here. Real okay. fast, okay. Uh-oh. And it I'm has nothing to do with Chuck. No, wait, Chuck was amazing. Stomach is already starting. No, to you turn. shouldn't, because our interviews, and even this is how it went with Eric Metcalf. We have a way to relax and have this type of the the the, the listener and the the person we're talking to, no matter if it's a a guest of the show or if it's somebody just calling in, that they feel relaxed. They feel like they're out on our patio. We're 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 sitting our feet up with our Michelob Ultra Kita friendly beer, and. We're just drinking away, having a good conversation. That's how we wanted to have it, and that's how this conversation went, is that it wasn't argumentative. It was informative, both on Chuck's side and our side. Primarily me, not you. You didn't bring, you didn't bring anything to the table. <laughs> and it I was, just brought the fact that I brought this idea to you. You did. And, I, and you knew, you're like, uh, can we do that? I'm like, yes, we can. And you know why we can? We got one, we got one caller so far, and yeah. it was a very beneficial caller because this is a – this is a down-home, true Browns fan. I mean, we're going 50 minutes. I mean, we probably went 20 minutes with him, maybe 15. I mean, it was a good call. I really enjoyed it. So, with the Browns being the way that they are, okay, what other than – let's just say Freddie gets it together. What, what, what happens now? What do you actually foresee happening for the rest of the year? With Freddie? No, with this team. Whether they get it going okay. or not. So here's the situation. I looked at the calendar, and I looked at the schedule, and I was like, okay. When I first started looking at this, because we have the easiest schedule going into the second half of the season, and we're truly in the second half of the season. We have our first eight games out of the way, but we now are in the easiest part of the schedule. The hardest game that we have is against Baltimore Ravens. We only play them once, okay? So in my head of heads and my heart of hearts, when I thought about the 12-4 and record at the beginning of the year, 
and winning 10 straight Super Bowls. I truly wanted to believe that, and I and I truly still believe that we have that type of contender, you know, con- that type of team that can be contenders like that. But the worst I thought that we could go at that point in time was three and five or four and four. That's it. I was like, that's the worst. That's the worst possibility that we're going to. I didn't ex- foresee us going two and six the first eight games of the season. So if we can win seven of the last eight games and be nine and seven, it doesn't matter. I don't. I don't think we need to sneak into the playoffs. It doesn't matter if they sneak into the playoffs. If we make it to the wild card, that's just cherry on top. But we have an opportunity looking at the schedule and looking who we're playing. That's the Bengals twice. That's the Steelers twice. That's four games that are very winnable games with injury-ridden teams. Then we play the Dolphins. That's a five games. That should be another easy win for the five games. The other tough task is the Bills. The Bills are a tough defense. Their offense, not so scary. Not so scary at all. It's a very low-scoring game. I think if we can win this week, and start basically this is the this is the 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 jump start this is the pick me up we're outside of the piggly wiggly and our battery's dead and we got our dad's you know ford f-150 outside 1992 we got the hoods open we're jump starting that and if we can jump start that and get that car cranked up i'm okay with the season going and going forward but if we come out and lay a freaking dud again for the sixth week in a row i'm done I'm thinking we're not gonna we're not gonna win anything else. I think we're gonna go two and fourteen, and we're gonna be drafting number two in the the NFL draft next year. Who's gonna be drafting one? The uh, the Dolphins. You think so? And their only win is gonna get to be the Browns. So there's that. <laughs> uh, that's incorrect because they beat who this past week? They didn't win again. They beat the Jets. They did beat the Jets. Okay, so they'll be tied. The helpless we, Jets. We, we the might, ones okay, that were going to be Jets. Sam Darnold. Is Here we go. The Jets the will best be quarterback the, in the league. The and Jets will be mine. number one pick. Will be number two? We beat the hapless Jets at the, the beginning of the year. Yeah. So that's the situation. If we can truly turn around and win the next seven out of eight games, that's hell. If we win the next five games, we need to have a winning record these next eight games. It's not what Freddie Kitchen says. This is the first eight games don't matter. It's about every day and every day and every game. No, it doesn't matter about that. All right. It's the eight. The two and six is there. Does you anybody ever really say that no game matters? Every game matters. Every game matters. Bill Belichick is perfect about this. He's like, on the next one. We're talking about Kansas on the next game. Yeah. We're talking about Cleveland on the next game. We're talking about Pittsburgh on the next game. That's that's the philosophy that 90% of the NFL does. But everybody else is like, let's push for this big deal. When I told you – when you told me we were going to win two in Super Bowls, I was like, <sighs> 10 Super Bowls, bro. I, I don't believe, one, I don't believe in superstition, okay? I believe that you're either going to put up or shut up. We've we've shut up. And we definitely shut up right now. Yeah. So We kind of shut ourselves out. I think the national media hyped us up a lot more. There's some guys that, I mean, Max Kellerman goes on today on um, on first take and talks about, well, I am jumping off the Browns. The Browns stink. He's not wrong. Did, are you? How do you? How do you jump off a bandwagon? I mean, that's what the, the bandwagon. That's that bandwagon brought, that brings me back to the bandwagon thing. Thank you for finally exiting. I don't like any of them. Yeah. It <laughs> just simple as that. We need to win. We need to win, and that's the way you prove it's. It's actions versus words. So far, all we heard was a bunch of words. You know, we didn't execute. We didn't show up to play. Penalties are kicking us. Well, then the penalties were taken care of pretty much 
I mean, I'll take defensive. I'll take a defensive, you know, personal foul that Richardson call, uh, call on that <laughs> terrible call. I mean, I understand it. It went to his face, but let's be honest. Was he intentionally doing it? No. It just happened that it went and it tapped his tapped the front of the quarterback's face mask. So, other than that, I'll take that penalty all day because he was hustling. But I'm not taking this, you know, false starts, you know, holding calls, pass interference, these little screen blocks, you know, uh, but what is it? Black, uh, back end block or the blindside blocks. blindside blocks or whatever they are. And then just bad referee calling. I mean, like the first down. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, I feel like this open line, you know, we got Chuck, you know, who is a born and brand Browns fan saying, hey, let's pump the brakes. And I get it, pump the brakes. And I, I said it even during our conversation with him and during you is that if we finish the season out with Freddie, we finish the season out with Freddie. Yeah, we could give Todd Munkin and Stump Mitchell a chance to actually, like, see what they can prove. But I feel like the better option for this team is just to finish the season without any changes, without any drama, because that's all we've had for the last – since 1999 is drama. I mean, if we're going to have drama, bring Antonio Brown to the Browns. No, 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 no. no. Like, I want to see that. some drama. That's, that's like saying, that's, hey, drama. that's like saying we're going to have a Kellen Winslow Jr. bobblehead night. It doesn't, it's <laughs> not smart. <laughs> it's give your tight end a motorcycle night. It's, uh, ugh, I mean, we don't have any tight ends left. Yeah, we do. We have Demetrius Harris and uh, Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah. Well, I mean, Harris and, obviously. And, and is, David is Nujoko got his cast put taken off. So there's that. So he's coming back. Uh, he's not Drew coming Ford. back. Till he's coming back. He can come he, back this week, week ten. So nah, he's not coming back. He's coming back. Doubtful. We'll see David Nujoko back. He'll be catching uh, five yard dinks from Baker Mayfield, and he's got to rehab his arm. He's not coming back next he's year. He's been rehabbing. He's bro. on IR. Yeah, he can come back though. He's he's. I know, but he's on IR, and I don't plan on seeing him the rest of the year. I plan on seeing him in like week eleven. I think they're going to bring doubt him back. it. Uh, and then we have <laughs> – I'd rather see him than not oh, see him. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, at least – I mean, I've seen him. He's been on – he's been out there yeah. supporting his team. Yeah. And so take the cast off. You can catch the ball. It's okay. Um, we have Drew Forbes that's coming off of IR. So there's that. So that's a, a line, another lineman option that we have, especially at tackle since Greg Robinson and Justin McRae weren't, I guess, the right choices. But I think as a whole that um, if Freddie can't turn around, Freddie's got to go. That's my opinion. It's not uh, – I know a lot of Browns fans holds that sentiment, and a lot of them would like to see him leave now. And the other half, there's it's like 50-50. They're like, well, just give him a chance. Give him a couple of years. No, we gave Hugh Jackson a couple of years, and he trashed us up for too many years. After 0-16, it should have been done. And they gave – or 1-15, it should have been done. And then 0-16, it should have been just like, okay, you're – you know, we like you, but we got to move on. One win in two years is not enough. Like, and they they kept him. Stupid so, do idea. we bring Marvin Lewis in? No, that's Why a not? that's a horrible idea. At least we'll make the playoffs. We won't ever win a game in the playoffs. Well, that's so. we don't have Andy Dalton. We don't need Andy Dalton. Exactly. So we would probably win playoff games. I mean, they <laughs> had saying. they had Carson Palmer. Yeah. Well, you know Carson I mean? went to Oakland, and, and he then went to, went to Arizona, and he won some playoff games. Yeah. So there's that. And he had Bruce Arians as a coach. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. He did have Bruce Aaron, but he got hurt that year. So again, Drew Stanton. Again, Drew Stanton, Ryan Lindley were the quarterbacks. Yeah, where does that? And yet, Bruce Arians is with Tampa Bay. Hmm. And Tampa Bay's not. Anyways, how's our tweets going? Uh, what do you mean? They're going. Blow it up. 
It blew. It, I blew it up. Send another. Send another I, one out right now. I blew it up. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. We're gonna stop the recording for a little bit, and we'll just we'll wait and see if anybody else calls us the next, you know, 15 minutes. There you go. We're gonna put a 15 minute timer on this, starting now. You're on the clock. Drew, this is Orange is the New Browns podcast. You're on the mic. What's your, you're on the mic. What's your beef? Hello. You can you hear us? Yes. Hey, Drew, what do you got for us? What do you want to talk about with these Browns? Yeah, it's just getting getting all hyped up every Sunday to watch this team, and you're thinking, man, we're going to pull out a win, and every Sunday they just let us down. And it's not just the losing. It's just the finding new ways to lose. Like last week, the three turnovers on three consecutive plays, absolutely terrible. The uh, This week, oh, my God. The, the defense just did not show up at all terrible yeah and then it's it's just a mix of everything I, I i don't know why we just can't put it together as one whole uni- unified team so wh- what do you where do you think the issues are because what you're bringing up is exactly like all the points that are here bad offense against the patriots and then just unprepared defense against the broncos who had a uh, a, a non-quarterback starting at the beginning of the year wasn't even on the roster of the broncos starting this game so where do we fix it Honestly, it, I don't know if it's really the uh, the offense just not scoring enough points because the defense not motivated, or I just don't know if the, the defense just doesn't think they can do anything. I, I mean, one for five in the red zone on Sunday, it just it, where does it where does the execution come from? I mean, Odell's been targeted three times in the red zone all season. Uh, that falls on Baker, although I believe he had a pretty good game on Sunday. Because I think he helped, he kept the football, and he made smart decisions with it. But again, another loss. It's just I, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, it's just a whole mix of things, I believe. See, and I, I completely agree with you because it's it just seems like every week we find a new way to lose. Exactly what you said, and I feel like that comes down to the coaching, and that goes to the head coach, that goes to our coordinators, and that goes especially to Steve Wilkes. How do you prepare against Tom Brady where you're going to zero out blitz against Tom Brady, the one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in NFL history, and not even do one all-out blitz? Or maybe he did two all-out blitzes, but he's only did two all-out blitzes against a quarterback that never took an NFL snap in his career before he played us. How do you do that? Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, it goes back to show you when the Dolphins played the Steelers, the Dolphins didn't have a win, and they all-out blitzed Mason Rudolph. But the Browns, who were this hype, so hyped coming into this season, won't even send an offense against Tom Brady on third down. And especially the third down I'm looking at was that third and nine with the Patriots backed up in their own territory. At least send more than four players at him. So then he just finds, uh, I think it was, I don't even know, I might have been James White or Sonny Michelle who had that 59 yard run. And it's just, it, it just changes the whole game around. Because we stop Tom Brady, we get the ball back. We got a little bit of momentum. We might score. Just the whole turn of events in that game could have been turned around based off of that play. Oh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I I, I kind of agree with you on certain things like that, especially when you go at the first of the season. Let's just go back. I like to even go back to the preseason. I want everybody to remember what happened. Very first preseason game, very first drive, Baker Mayfield looks like Baker Mayfield. And he has who on the field? Absolutely nobody. So he's got Higgins, 
which was obviously one of his favorite targets. And he drives them a beautiful 80-something yards, and we score a touchdown in the red zone. No problems. Why is it that we're not transfer? You know, we're why haven't we transferred that series of plays like that into the regular season, like we were doing the last eight games? And exactly like what you're talking about is, you're you're doing things on the defense totally different because one week we're playing the Jets, and it doesn't matter what kind of defense you have out there. You got a second string quarterback that well, a third string quarterback that came in that wasn't 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 even on the roster and doesn't do a very good job against us. He does exactly what a rookie cause they were what blitzing. Then you have the same type of scenario this week where you have a third string quarterback that was not on a roster come in and then just not pressure him whatsoever. And just doing, you know, four, four, uh, four man rushes and then relying on your secondary and linebackers to, you know, tackle the tight end because that, that tight end is what really you know put the put the nail in the coffin on that on that first drive for them but here's my deal the biggest deal is it's all about the coaching period the coaching needs yeah. to be consistent it needs to be revitalized it needs to uh, you know I don't believe that this this defensive scheme if we would have had the same defensive scheme that we had last year I don't think we would have I think we would have one more turnovers and two i believe our D, i think we would have stayed in some games even with our offense stuttering as bad as it's been yeah and then on the offense yeah. side i can tell you exactly what's wrong the offensive side is you're not utilizing your weapons period you cannot just sit there and not how do you not run the ball with chubb until they they can't stop it he's averaging almost six and a half to 6.6 yards a carry. I don't care. Don't give it. Don't stop. Just what did San Francisco do to us? Ran all over us. Yeah. They, I, they I ran all over us. So why that opens the play action. It opens the play action. It opens Baker to be loose. It, it, it spreads out the ball. We're not spreading it. We're all these little trips, tight formations. I watched a YouTube video a couple weeks ago where this guy is a quarterback school guy. And he says, here's the difference between Baker last year. And here's the difference. And here's Baker this year. The difference is, is it's not spread out. We're not pounding the ball. We've gone away from all that. We're trying to do these trick plays every five seconds, which ultimately, ultimately gave up three in a row. The the Chubb, the the Chubb first fumble. I'm not going to on the Patriots game. That's just a fluke. It just happens. The second one, that's on Chubb. The third thing, that's on that's on the offensive coordinator. So that would be our Freddie Kitchens. Head coach. So Drew, you're John Dorsey right yeah. now. And you you're yeah, seeing you're seeing that hey, I did all this work. I brought you Odell Beckham Jr. You have You have a stellar defense. You have Jarvis Landry, you have Nick Chubb. Hell, you're about to have Kareem Hunt this week. What do you do and what do you think the Browns need to do to improve in regards to actually personnel or even coaching decisions? Personally, uh, I think getting Kareem Hunt back opens up back opens up the offense a lot. Um, because you saw in previous weeks, you would see Chubb just like last week, where he turned that one yard gain into eleven because he just pushed yeah. the pile. He like now he carried Hunt, a guy for seven yards. Like yeah. literally now carried now him on his Hunt, back. <laughs> 
now with Hunt, you're getting that that speed and that quickness back that he that he had last season and the year before that with Kansas City. And with him getting kicked off the team in Kansas City last year, giving him more time to get healthier, to get stronger, to get faster, and then and even these last eight weeks, giving him time to get stronger, healthier, and faster. So now when he comes out on Sunday, I expect his first carry to be for a pretty sufficient sufficient game. Now the play calling is something that we can't help because Friday needs to utilize both of them. With Dontrell Hilliard playing, I just believe that it, you're running the ball with Chubb, and I know he gets tired, so we shouldn't do it all the time. But putting Dontrell Hilliard, it does not do anything for our offense. He's doing everything everything wrong, and he, if you watch him get the ball on first and ten, he would lose a yard, and then the next time maybe he'd even lose two. Yeah. So I think if you utilize both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, maybe even at once, to get around to fool the defense, it would be fine. And also, I believe if you, they need to put Richard Higgins more in the offense. I don't understand how he can catch Nail on the five, head. six touchdown passes last year and then was targeted once on Sunday Yeah, for one play. I just don't, I don't understand it. It makes no sense. That's the nail on the head right there is that Rashard Higgins last year and even into the, during the preseason this season before he got hurt the first week of the season – was Baker Mayfield's favorite target, his most trusted target. If he put the ball in the area where Rashad Higgins was, Higgins caught that ball. And it's, yeah. I, and he's a playmaker. Against Cincinnati last year in December, he caught that 75-yard pass from Jarvis Landry. Like, it blows my mind. Like, we have a prolific wide receiver along with our other receivers like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. You have this quiet, prolific wide receiver like Rashard Higgins that's being underutilized for no apparent reason, and it has everything to do with Freddie Kitchens. No. I don't, I mean, I agree with that because having Odell and Jarvis doesn't mean them catching the football. It also opens up the opportunity for other players. Exactly. I think if we start if we start throwing the ball to Odell and Jarvis more and they keep getting the ball, more teams are going to come to them. So we utilize our options in Higgins and Callaway, and then we open up the offense more at them. So then the the, de- the defense will start to put pressure on those players now, and then you'll get one-on-one matchups with Odell and Jarvis on the outside. Yeah, and, and you, also having Callaway and Higgins. And when you have that type of successful passing game, the safeties and the linebackers are prone to drop back and open up the run game even more. Exactly. So I mean, I just it, I think Freddie Kitchens has his hands full. I think the Browns just need – I think we just need to calm down in Cleveland because with all, with all the fans just being up in an out, outrage about it, I don't think it's really helping the team because we're sending those those negative emotions, those negative emotion to the team. So I think we just need, need to rally around them together as a unit and come as one because I think the players need to feed off our energy. So Sunday needs to be loud. It needs to be adventurous. I think the Bills can't hear in that stadium. That's how it needs to feel. So if we're behind them, they know that they that they need to play good. And I just think I think Kitchen needs to just say, I'm tired of getting all this negative publicity against me, and I need to coach my game. I am a football coach. That he was hired for a reason. He was hired to bring this team to the promised land. He is hired he was hired to win football games. And right now sitting at two and six, he hasn't done any of that. He hasn't shown any signs of hope. I that play calling in the, the Ravens game was the best game he's ever coached because Chubb had three touchdowns. Three, the play calling was phenomenal. 
40 points against that Ravens defense. We just put Tom Brady to 20 points on Sunday night. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, KT, my brother and I were talking about that, is that how we played Baltimore, he's like, it's a fluke, it's a fluke. And I don't think it was because what you touched on just a few minutes ago, as you even said, when the defense starts to actually concentrate on the playmakers like OBJ, uh, and they did, especially that game, they they double coverage them all the game. That opened up the passing game for Jarvis Landry. That opened up the passing game for Ricky Seals, uh Jones, and then also opened up the running game for uh, for Nick Chubb. And it showed what our offense could be if we made the right play calls and we adapted and executed the plays. That's exactly what our team should look like. And that is the only game that Freddie Kitchens and our Browns have put up where we look like the team that we thought we were going to see from start to finish already. Exactly. Well, I'm going to chime in one more thing, and I want you all to think about this. Hilliard is not Dearness Johnson. I think we got away from Dearness Johnson for some reason when Hilliard got back. If y'all go back to the game that we won, guess who was playing in Hilliard's spot? Dearness Johnson. Now that we get Kareem back, or finally, we finally have Kareem there, you're not going to – that opens up the offense totally different for everything because now they have to worry – not only do they have to worry about Nick Chubb catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball, you got to worry about Kareem Hunt when he comes down and comes in for a third and four or a third, you know, a third and six. And they're not going to know if they're going to run the ball or pass the ball because Kareem Hunt has hands just like Chubb does. And so now I think that's going to make our offense better. I think Hilliard should stick to special teams, not punts, but to the, to the kickoffs, and that's about it because he muffed punts, and it's happened too many times. I'm done with Hilliard. Hilliard is a wannabe Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, the reason why we wanted to keep Duke and not trade him to Houston at that one point was because that was what the plan was. When Duke Johnson's in there, he can run the ball. It was proven Sunday. Did you watch him truck that guy? Did you see the highlight of Duke Johnson? In Houston, truck the uh, guy yep. from uh, the Jaguars. Okay, so now, yep. now, now, I want every Browns fan, including yourself and myself and Brian, I want everybody to be on notice. This is going to be a totally different offense with Kareem Hunt in there because they're not going to know. Are we going to run the ball? Because guess what? It doesn't matter if Kareem's in there uh, at a fourth and one or Chubb's there on a fourth and one because now, guess what? It opens. If you want to do a quarterback sneak, it's going to open that up because they don't know what to do. Kareem could go out for a you know a bubble screen. Nick Chubb could go for the one yard. It, it, it opens up a lot, and I think Freddie Kitchens knows that, and I and I believe that if he would have stuck with Dearness Johnson instead of Hilliard when Hilliard came back, I think we would be saying different things because I think his the way that Dearness Johnson was running, not only was he trying to pound the ball, he can also catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Hillier can only do one thing. Uh, his, He's a pawn. Yeah. So that's, just, that's my thing. In my opinion, I just in my opinion, I just believe Hillier tried to do too much. Uh, just like Sunday, he just tried to kept bouncing everything outside when the play wasn't supposed to be outside, and he just it was just a halfback dive, and he was trying to go outside and lose two to three yards. And I think we're all I, I think we're all just upset about himself. Uh, with Freddie, and I think it all just comes back on Freddie Kitchen because. If you're not going to use Nick Chubb, don't use a running don't use a running back. Yeah. Go to an empty set because then you're going to still spread out the defense. 
And just like what Baker Mayfield did on Sunday to get that first, that one first down, where he used his legs, where he can he, be adventurous. You could even try and run a QB draw. I don't understand why we don't want to try and call this real quick. I think and a lot of it is, and a lot of people don't understand this. I don't think anybody's been paying attention, but Baker is hurt. He's been playing hurt all year. After he got knocked down with that hip injury, I think everybody is that think that you know Baker. The reason why Baker's regressing is because he's not the Baker Mayfield that they all thought he was. That's incorrect. I yeah. think Baker's playing hurt, and nobody's saying anything about it. They're like, "Oh, well, he had the week by to you know get healthy and stuff." Yeah, notice how much better his passing has been for the past two weeks because he's finally getting healthy, and he's not on the ground every five seconds. So, yeah. and. He's sticking in the pocket. He's doing what he's supposed to do. I think. I think we're all. I think we're all on the same page. Let's see what happens this week. If he, they lay an egg, this season's over. Simple as that. This is the last chance. So, Drew, what's yeah? We're two and six in the first eight games. We're coming into the second half of the season. What's your prediction for the next eight games? What do you think? Where do you think the true record is, and where do you want our actual record to be? If it was a, if the pipe dreams are actually real. Uh, right now, I really kind of want to see uh, nine and seven or eight and eight. Um, the reason why I'm saying eight and eight is because I want these guys not to just say, "Well, you know, we failed." I just kind of wanted to say, "What we have, we have to take what we learned this this year and move it into next year." I think if we just keep this core of players around and we convince Odell and Jarvis and Kareem to all stay and just buy into the plan. I think it would be fine. Nine and seven would be lovely because of the win- winnable games on our schedule. But if that's not possible, then eight and eight would be fine because it's a 500 season, and everyone would still be saying we all we all overhyped the Browns, and the media would be all over us because Baker Mayfield wasn't that good, and he's been all in all this trouble with growth with uh, Grossy, and he's always he's on Twitter active all the time and saying how all this trying to defend himself and he has all this attitude and the Browns just brought in all, all this players for nothing. So I think if it would be good if we went eight and eight, I would love to see us at nine and seven, even 10 and six to win out. But if that's not possible, eight and eight would be, would be fine. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the end of the world because we still, we made progress going into next season. What if we finished the second half the same way we started the first half, two and six, and we're four and 12 at the end of the year, does Freddie Kitchens get fired? And honestly, it's it's it, it feels like another work in progress because it's, yeah. we, <laughs> so we are. Coaches <laughs> yeah. come to Cleveland to die, and so do quarterbacks, as they've said. So if we finish the season four and twelve, that's a very big disappointment. And I think all of Cleveland will be in shock. I think the Browns organization will be in danger. Uh, you'd probably see reports of John Dorsey maybe losing his job, along with Freddie Kitchens. And then you'd probably see another frenzy of firings all the time, just like what happened with Sashi Brown and that regime in Cleveland. So if we finish the season four and twelve, I think it's just another. It's just it's it just it's back to the drawing board. Yeah. Because I just don't I don't see where. We can build this whole team and go four and twelve in this day. We have to start all over again. I I don't see them going four and twelve. I pray to God they don't go four and twelve. But if worst comes to worst, it happens. It's football. 
there there's you go. better things. There's better things in life than football, but. That's, I, that's all I just have. That's say. arguable right there. I don't know if there's better things in football, but no. Drew, we really appreciate you calling in and just airing out where your feelings are with this team and where your hope is with this team, and you, you're, you're coming with a, gr- a great positive attitude. And, you know, I truly believe that – I don't think we're going to go 2-6 two and, two and six at, the, at the second half, but I truly think that if we can finish 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, as you said, all these, these next eight games are winnable. The hardest game that we play is Baltimore. That's it. That's all we have left as a, as a hard game. Everything else is stated to be a much easier, but we have to be prepared and execute everything that we need to do. But, again, we appreciate you calling in, man. we got one more thing for you. If you don't wear, Thank you very much. I appreciate you for having me. Hey, no problem. If you don't wear orange and brown, you don't matter. Boom. There we go. Thank Thanks, you, Drew. Drew. Go Browns. Go Browns. Well, there's another great conversation. I'm going to see if there's any voicemails. I'm going to see if we got any voicemails. Saying, give us a call there, guys. Uh, let's see. Looks like we got a 432 number. Uh, it says, hey, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> Sounds like Cleveland Rocks. Let's just call this person and see if they answer. See if they answer. calling you're calling something we were gonna be like who who's calling me right now was that the guy that just called us drew no his number was when did that person call uh right before i don't know is that chuck's number i don't know who it was chuck's number is no one chuck so that was another caller possibly i don't know possibly probably guys we're we're changing it up a little bit. We're 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 uh, we're talking to all Browns fans. We've talked to people worldwide. We've talked to people local. We've talked to Eric Metcalf in Seattle. I guess that caller's just gonna have to call in. So let's see. Let's see who. Let's see who ex. Uh, you know, shows up and calls. You know who needs to call. Is a couple is our Northeast correspondent, even though that she's busy with Bree. So, I mean, that's what B said is being recorded right now, and they're going to bring out that episode tomorrow. Well, so. uh, yeah. And we were their first podcast. We they brought announced. them together. Well, they they live in the same town, so well, I don't we brought know, them I together. I don't know if we can. We, we brought the that. podcast together. But we are the first thing that we're the first podcast and the first media that they dropped their name, and that was that's what B said. So great, looking forward yeah, to hearing yeah. that tomorrow. Uh, eventually, we're going to do a joint show and have them on, and then vice versa, the, them having us on. It's going to be uh, crazy. If, if crazy if, good, if we're too, if we're not too small for their 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 big time. And so, well, they are big time. They are big time. Big time. I mean, I mean, I think we're kind of a big deal, but huge, huge, huge deal, huge deal. But I, I really liked what Drew and and Chuck have said. It's nice to see that there is still some positivity. Uh, we haven't had any positivity um, based on, like, some of the Twitter stuff. I mean, I don't understand some of these people, you know, tweeting up Jermaine Whitehead saying he can't cover anybody. And Now, no, I mean, I'm not I'm not condoning anything about Whitehead, but what, what type of fans just go and haggle your team? What good does that do? Absolutely nothing. It's, it's like 
it's like a bad egg in the locker room. But the difference is, is you're the 12th man. You know, you're supposed to be supportive. Yeah. I mean, you were supportive for a team that went 0-16. 0-16. You put on a parade for an 0-16 season. Just saying. Just saying. So let's show them a little different. Let's let's show why we are proud to be Cleveland Brown fans. Let's show them why everybody's wrong. And let's get to it, you know? Get to it. That's what we got. Hello? Hello? Hey, you're on the Orange is the New Browns hey. podcast. Who are we speaking with? Awesome. What did I win? Am I caller number 12? No, no. You're, you're like caller number three. Oh. oh, okay. Caller number three. So, caller number three wins an interview on the Orange <laughs> is the New Browns podcast. So, as we introduce this, this is the man... We we came from his ball. Why don't your people call my people and we, work an appointment? This is the man. We came from his ball sack. You know, we are the fruit of his loins. <laughs> wow. <So. laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. Okay. We have, we have we have Padre on the line with us. Padre is on the line. The OG, the Cleveland Roots. So well, what, there you go. What's your beef? What's my beef with the Browns? Yeah. Offense. Boom. Boom. Who, whose Who fault is it? What little I saw of it, there is none. There's nobody's fault? I don't know fault? why they don't use Chubb more. Ooh, I don't man. know why they don't use their big word receivers the right way either. So. Dad's saying, let's use the weapons. And you're right, right, Dad. You're right, Dad. KT, on the other hand, is like, protect Freddie Kitchens. He's so beautiful. And I'm like, no, you got to fire Freddie Kitchens because he doesn't <laughs> know how to use these players. <laughs> Brian's just jealous. No, we don't need to fire him. Brian's just jealous because he knows that I'm right. No, let's let's dad let's 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 get this actually out in the air. Let's get this recorded live. We're gonna have this as actually record. It's recording right now. We're, We're gonna have to go. it recorded right here. Okay, Padre. You got a gun to your head, and the guy goes, "Who's your favorite son? <laughs> Who are you gonna say?" <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a bad connection. You do? You are sure? I have a few text no. messages that might say otherwise. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, along with what you're saying is, is it, I think we're all in agreement. It, it it comes down to not using Chubb more often until they can stop him, and then not be, using your your big wide receiver for the the purpose of winning the game, like on a fourth and four when he's practically wide open. Yeah, I know. What the highlights I saw when they use their wide receivers, they put them too close together. Yeah, they're, they're running. Them. And then when you got two, three wide receivers going together, there's four or five guys right with them. So it's like, it's, how are you going to throw the ball to? Yeah. Why, yeah, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you separate your two best receivers? Right. So They it's, can't cover everybody. I mean, but they're putting them all where they're running in together. I mean, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of like when we were playing street football. I mean, Obviously, you wanted the star-studded wide receiver, myself, and Brian blocking to make sure that, you know, you were protected because you knew I was going to catch the ball because I'm, you know, it's like OBJ and me. It, it's 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 a pair that's, you know, unbeatable. And then with you being the quarterback, I mean, it was obvious that we were going to win the game, which we did every time. So Well, I, I won the game every time. I was undefeated. You can't consider your all-time quarterbacks – undefeated <laughs> he's going off his record yeah, his record is his record does state that he's undefeated so which yeah. i mean you know that kt had bricks for hands and i could actually catch 
a baby if it was thrown in the air. That's just the absolute truth. And that I was I was just better. I was just a more all around better athlete than KT. I'm trying to remember so. how many touchdowns did you have in your career? Oh, that's right. I had both offense and defense. I have I have a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. So I've won at least seventeen yeah. Super Bowls. Is, the is the alarm? Is, is alar- so. And the alarm doesn't count. You know, so we we play different positions, but overall, I was much better at my position than KT ever was. Overall, not true. It's actually true. KT actually one side one time said I should have been in the NFL. Like if I had actually played, I could have gone in the NFL. That's what KT said, and he wasn't even drunk. No, so, no, he, he wasn't even drunk. He wasn't then. even drunk. So that just shows you KT knows my abilities. I could have been the Miles Garrett before Miles Garrett. So because I like you know I like poetry. So there's that, but. Poetry. Anyway, so let's 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 we're gonna we're gonna deviate (laughs) real fast from the Browns, and I want to know your opinion on this. Is uh, is Ryan Day better than Urban Meyer? Yes. Boom. That's it right there. You know that's a final stamp of approval right there. We we've given that guy a chance to call us that called you out and was he trying. never he never called and he I never even, called i even sent him a message saying hey if you want to if you want to actually have a conversation we're about to we're going to do this and uh, i feel like he's blocked us so needless to say we have padre here final word ryan day's better than meyer game over game over so speaking so of far, that, he has been so who do they play maryland yeah the turpins so Another blowout. Should be a blowout. They should they should be putting in their second and third stringers to play the you know starting the second quarter. Probably yeah. But probably going to play the whole game though. Anyway, I'm sure they're going to play at least three quarters. Yeah, you got to you got to rear up for the ending of the because you got Rutgers next week and then you got Penn State and Michigan so you got to keep your guys prepared. Right. So back to the Browns. Yeah. If you had a chance to talk to Freddie okay. Kitchens right now, what would you tell him? I would try to simplify the offense. Okay. Instead of that's what I would do. I would I'd run chub, run chub, maybe dump it to the tight end, do a little uh, play fake, and then you can go a little deeper. But, but to me, get, he's trying all these different plays and doing all these little trick the plays, trying to play, try to be this college offense that he doesn't need to run. <clears throat> the jet sweep. The RPO. Yep. I mean, that's why we have a play action. I mean, he can pump fake, right. and he does really good. Baker has those has those qualities as a quarterback. I also believe the reason why that's think- not happening is because, you know, when you have Nick Chubb in and it's not a – it's it's a passing play, it's usually first down instead of, you know, third down. Yeah. Just saying. Well, I think it might help, too, if Baker – gets those uh, extensions that the painters use. That way he can see over the line a little bit. Better. Yeah. It might help him. Yeah. You know what Drew Brees did, though? He 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 took a couple more steps back past the line. So he instead of a five-step five, five, five drop, know, he does like a seven-step drop. I don't know what kind of drop, drop he does. Is it, is it five or seven? It's seven. Drew Brees does Drew a Brees seven does. because it's cause he's, he's the same height as Baker, six foot tall. Right. And so he takes a seven-step drop because it gives him a chance to actually see over the line and more – more where the plays should be. But Baker is taking like a three-step drop and just, you know, wait, where's my line? Oh, okay, oh, never mind, overthrew him. Yeah, and the fact that he's – Well, he seems more skittish. He seems more skittish to me this year. Well, that's because he's missing he a lineman. He patient in the, in, in the... – They didn't – They w- instead of instead of keeping our lineman, they traded him. 
Casey's stuck on Kevin Zeitler. Very, but isn't he a running quarterback too? Why can't he run more? He's mobile, yeah. Well, I think he ran I think, all the time in, well, in Oklahoma. I, yeah, and and I agree with that. But we also forget that he had a hip injury in, in, earlier in the year. Just that was three weeks ago. Again, which causes which causes problems if you can't run. It doesn't count. That shouldn't really count on your honeymoon. You get a hip injury in a honeymoon. It shouldn't matter. <laughs> Just playing through it, right? Just play through it. Well, it was stellar, Dad. There you go. What 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 do y'all think about his? facial change his his mustache did you see that okay he went he got on the bus with a beard he hit the field with a right. with the fu manchu and then came out with a creepy guy that drives a white van mustache at the end of the game that's what happens when you lose yeah and you and you're and you're frustrated and you're visibly upset as he's like ah oh, he was well, probably he was probably gonna leave it and then you know he he grabbed the razor and and he was thinking about all the plays it could have been like thrown to obj on fourth and four and then messed up his beard, and that's probably why he had the third change. Well, I'm thinking he just got a new sponsor. He's just using the razors more. Yeah, that's possible, though. We're going to have a commercial shave during the game with Baker Mayfield. So <laughs> There you go. That's crazy. He might as well. He does all these commercials on TV. Maybe he's doing too many commercials on TV. Hey, Peyton Manning did a lot of commercials. Peyton Manning did a lot of commercials, and that man puts out the best commercials all the time. Time in and time out. It just gets good. Speaking of Peyton Manning, I brought this up to uh, Chuck and and Brian. Chuck is a guy that called in earlier, and, and uh, we were talking about if Freddie Kitchens does not play out and they, de- they decide to go get a coach, who do you think, and I'll, and I'll tell you what I thought, uh, which is Peyton Manning. I just threw it out there. I said, why wouldn't we want the field general himself having a chance to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. That's who I would pick. He, I would say no a, Mike McCarthy. I would say Peyton Manning. No, he's not a coach. Peyton's not a coach. So he's then more of a general manager, try to put the team together than a coach. Okay. So then if, if you, you if, if you, you really had a choice, a coach, you might as well get the you might as well get the guy with the vest. I said that. Brian said Jim Trestle. I said Peyton Manning, but everybody's talking Mike McCarthy. I said that. I said. Didn't we have Mike? Oh, he was a Packer guy, wasn't he? The Packers. The Green Bay Packers there. He had Aaron Rodgers. Touchdown, Jesus. That's a pretty good Wisconsin right there. Pretty good. It is pretty good. I practice it all the time. I try to practice John Gruden. It doesn't come out very well. So, But my my, – my uh, Midwest. Well, you can probably get Jason Garrett if he doesn't work out. Yeah, that's a that's gonna be a no for me, dog. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a no for me also. Well, I'm just telling you, he's a he'll be available next year. That's true. So will Dan Quinn, um, and so yeah. will a bunch of other coaches that are all gonna get fired this year. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury could end up being fired. Probably not, though. He's won three games. Yeah, so he's won three more than I told him he's gonna win. That's true. So screw you, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> so, <laughs> so who would you like to see other than Jim Trestle? That sweater vest would look beautiful in brown and orange, though. True. Argyle sweater, orange tie, white. I really haven't thought about who they're going to who they can get next. Do you think they can turn it around? Yeah, they can turn it around. And 
they've, they've had nothing but they've had nothing but mistakes this year, turnovers, penalties, just mental mistakes. I think they got caught up in their little hype and instead of just playing the base of what are preach to you guys, fundamentals. Fundamentals. I mean, I think fundamentals. If you just do the fundamentals more, that's what the Patriots do. They do the fundamentals. They do everything. Try to just do the fundamentals, and things will fall into place. That's true, and that's why they were pretty much eight zero until this past week. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, that's true. You can't win them all, but you, you, know, you still you win them quite a few of them. You don't. Have, you don't have to win them all. Yeah, you just got to win most of them. You just got to get to the playoffs. Just got to win most of them. Playoffs. 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 Anyways, so what we like to do to end our conversation as usual, I'm pretty sure you've heard this, you know, at least 26 times, 27 times. I can't remember. I don't even know what episode we're on. If you don't wear orange and brown. Uh, Let me think about this for a second. You don't matter. There you go. Exactly. Just like your love for KT doesn't matter. (laughs) So. Well, thanks, bad, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I expect a brown envelope. A brown envelope. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we can we can clip as much geriatric uh, coupons out of the uh, out of the paper as possible. Exactly. And if you if you if you had an email, we do could you, probably send it to your email. But I mean, with the you should be able to see it. Do you have your text? Do you have AAA with your age? Did you sign up for that yet? No, I do not. Man, we might do a pretty good Christmas present. He's got the AARP, though. AARP. There you go. <laughs> nope, I don't have that either. There we go. You don't have AARP? No. Okay. No, he doesn't have any of that. That's crazy. Life alert. I'm not that at, I'm not that at stage yet. Yeah, we'll get you life still alert. still viral and kicking. Viral. All right, Padre, we love you. I love you, guys. Love you, too. Bye. 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 So, new concept... I liked it. It was fun talking to regular Cleveland Browns fans that just want to voice their opinions. I mean, we yeah. even had our own dad on the show. Yeah, we had the original. The original Orange is the New Browns podcast yep. member. We wouldn't be here without him. That's true. So, with that note, I think I'm done. It was a fun show, bro. It was a fun show. And we, we plan on doing this some more. But daylight savings time, and you, especially for you. Oh, yeah, I'm tired. Let's new baby, throw, yeah, new baby, man. So I mean, and week she, old. And she, li- I mean, dude, she's a week old right now. You got the picture of her throwing up on her brown onesie. I, I looked exactly because it made her that sick. Day. Yeah, it was. Ugh. It was a bad day. It was a bad day. Uh, as in, I didn't get a lot of sleep. She was very cranky. She was just as upset because she was getting my vibe that I was, you know, putting down from the Browns game. Yep. I mean, good old Audrey. Baby. Even Audrey was. You know, having a cow about it. Yep, baby Bernie. Yep. So, so baby Bernie. Uh, so, anyways, appreciate all the shout outs that I, you know, on the, you know, congratulations to me and my wife. I appreciate all the, the kind thoughts and words that I didn't read. So, I'm done. Are y'all done? I'm done. Is everybody done? Because I don't, I don't think anybody's calling anymore. No. I mean, I gotta go. Watch pretty the, good. Pretty good. Two gotta, two call two real callers. We had two real callers. Well, Dad called in. Yeah, Dad called in. So that's then, true. But he wa- doesn't have Twitter. So. My wife tried to call in. So. Your wife tried. Yeah. And then we just got interrupted by uh, an actual caller, and I even told her <laughs> I was like, "We actually got interrupted by an actual caller." She's like, "Hey, that's fun." So thank you guys for uh, the follows. The thanks, Chuck. 
Chuck Andrew. and Drew, amazing. We loved talking to you guys. Uh, Brings our spirits up. Positive reinforcement. We, we, we love the hope that you brought and how you came prepared for a conversation. Great job. Great we job. love the feedback. We love the interaction. And we continue to want to continue to do this as we grow. Uh, and we grow with our followers. And we want not, not only our bigger followers like Eric Metcalf and Bernie Kozler to come on the show, but our all of our followers who are there supporting us episode by episode listening to us. And True and Druck, Drew, or just yeah, Drew, Drew and Chuck. I was gonna put them both together. Yeah, the Druck, the Druck. These two guys, you know, loyal listeners, and got on the show. And I'm very, they should start a podcast. Yeah, they're, they're they're great. You already got the name for them. Yeah, the Druck, the Druck, the Druck podcast, the Druck podcast, the Druck podcast. So couldn't see where that would be go bad. So no, yeah. of course not. So I'm gonna end this show on a positive note. Guess what? It's Odell Beckham's birthday. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. But I'm going to even more positive note. It's, Guess what? It's voting day. Yeah. Did you vote? No, I didn't. It was a big vote for you guys. Well, in I'm there. I was kind of, uh, you know, another personal issue, you know, with the family, the fam. Yeah. You know, it's it's been yeah. a crazy it's been a crazy couple of weeks. We yeah, had two deaths in the family and a brand new baby. That's a tough situation. You know, God's taking care of the other two and then provided us with another. Amen to that, man. Amen. Amen. Blessings that. all around. And in the words of Jarvis, bless him. Bless him. Bless him. What God's doing to you. And bless this podcast because we out. Bye. You know, Halloween was just a couple days ago. And you know when your parents warned you about those people that hand the candy apples with the razor blades? Well, that's kind of like the Cleveland Browns were Sunday against the Denver Broncos. So instead of handing out those tricks, maybe next week Cleveland can hand out some treats. This has been the Orange is the New Browns podcast. We'll see you next week.